You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Will Carpenter. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to shift gears today. We've been talking about miracles, and it's been wonderful. This whole year has been great. You know, it's centered is the theme, centered on Jesus, obviously. He, it's all about Jesus, and it, it continues to be so. Um, but we're, we're shifting gears now. In the beginning, remember at, 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 at Christmas last year, we sort of introduced this series for the new year and told you we we're going to be in this whole, whole time of looking at the life of Jesus. And we did that first. We opened the door to his life. And we started with his birth, and we went all the way to the resurrection, and we had many Sundays where we just moved along in the actual life of Christ and the events of his life leading up to the death and the resurrection. And then, of course, the resurrection is the greatest miracle of all. Uh, salvation is an unbelievable miracle for us, and we use that to open the door to go back then and just pick out different miracles uh, that we thought were very powerful evidence of Jesus as the Son of God and some of the messages that he was trying to teach and convey to all of us. And so we went through a period here of a number of different miracles in the life of Christ. And so now we have ended the miracles, so to speak, and we're going to go back now. We're going to kind of, kind of reopen the door to, to the life of Jesus. And I want to pick up the story of Jesus right after the resurrection today, all right? So we, we're going to kind of just hold that idea that, that the miraculous is there for us. We believe in that. Some of you have had miraculous things happen to you in this last week, and you've been sharing that with, with Pastor Dave and I, and that's awesome. I hope some of you will begin to, to, to come up to us and say, hey, these, these miracles that are happening in my life, they need to be shared with the church. And uh, you'll get a little bit more public about the miracles that are going on in, in your lives. But we're going we're gonna to go back now, and we're going to pick up when, when Jesus was crucified and, and buried, and we're going to look at a couple of men walking along the road today, and I want to just pick that story up and use that as a doorway, as a portal, if you will, to take us back in time over the next many Sundays, and we're going to look at this idea of types and shadows. So I want to take you to this story and talk a little bit about these two men on the road to Emmaus this morning, and then I want to talk to you and prepare you for an understanding of what types and shadows are and how we should approach them within the scriptures. Sometimes when you say types and shadows, some people go, ooh, wait a minute, that sounds a little spooky, that sounds a little mysterious, that sounds a little weird, that sounds a little flaky, but it's not. It's, it's a very, very real aspect of the Bible, and I want to try over these next few Sundays to sort of demystify it just a little bit. I never want to lose the mystery of the gospel. There's something really wonderful and, and poetic and romantic about mystery in, in the relationship. And so I never want to lose that fully, but I want to demystify this down to the place where you can say, you know what, I understand types and shadows, and because I understand them, I can now recognize them in the scriptures and see them, and as I'm finding them, it's increasing and building my faith to a new level and a new height, and I am more convinced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God than I ever have been, and more convinced of salvation and the need to share that salvation with others. So that's ultimately the goal that we have here in talking to you about types and shadows. It's not just to take you on the mystery ride uh, of your life here, okay? So we're going to get into that a little bit. So let's go to Luke chapter 24, and I'd like to read quite a little bit of, of scripture here, 
and then uh, just use this as sort of the springboard today to kind of lay the foundation. And then Pastor Dave and I and maybe a couple of other people in, in, our, in our body, uh, through the next many Sundays, through the remainder of the year, we don't know what beyond that, but through the remainder of the year, we are going to unpack our, and identify a number of types and shadows that are in the Old Testament that point us towards Jesus. All right, so let's begin at verse 13 and let's read this together. All right, Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Now we're talking about Jesus being crucified and buried in the resurrection. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, they had just seen him die on the cross and and be buried just, just a little bit before this, okay? But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And they said, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. And then one of them named Cleophas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hope that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. And so he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking. This is just a great story. This is just an awesome encounter. The first of Jesus with some of his believers. And he gets to 
firsthand experience and see their dismay and how disheartened they are because it is now the third day and his body is missing and, and they're not sure. Some are saying he's risen, but no doubt others are saying other things. And they're walking along the road and so they're, they're trying to figure all of this out. And so it's Jesus that comes up to them. But according to the scriptures here, their eyes are velded. All right, meaning that they are not able to recognize that it is actually the Christ. They're not able to recognize that this is Jesus, the one who has been teaching them and, and guiding them these, these many months. And um, so he asks, he inquires, and they explain themselves and their dismay to him, and, uh, and they talk to him a little bit. They're wondering why he doesn't know what's going on, what, because this is a big deal. And so then uh, he just begins to go through the scriptures. Now, you, please understand that we don't yet have Matthew and Mark and Luke and, and John and, and the Acts. And Paul hasn't risen up to write to us uh, uh, these letters to the church at Rome and, and uh, Philippi and, and, and Galatia and all of these places. So the only thing that Jesus has to work with is, is Old Testament And so the Bible here says, though, in this passage, that Jesus begins to take them through the Scriptures and show them all of these things, if you will. All right? He begins to unfold things from the Scriptures that point to Him. Now, they still don't understand that this is Jesus speaking but they are understanding somehow that this guy knows the Scriptures. He has, in some sense, he must be somewhat, uh, you know, one of those people who has, has, has been studied or he's been around a prophet or something, but he, uh, he just lays it all out so that they have tremendous understanding and tremendous revelation here. So much so that they say, hey, you need to stay with us. We, we, we want to hang with you. We want to we be around you. It's late to, in, the, in the afternoon. Why don't you just stay with us tonight? Jesus, understanding the situation and what he wants to happen, agrees to stay with them, and so he goes in, and, and they sit down at the table. Uh, but the amazing thing is that after he's told them everything that he needs for them to understand and have re- revelation of, he does something amazing. He breaks bread. And in that moment of breaking bread... Their eyes are opened. Suddenly, they understand. Suddenly, they see that this is the Christ. They they get this awareness all of a sudden. And the beauty is that it is in a type. It's here in this moment that Jesus helps them to understand. He's taken them back. He's going, let's go back here. Let's go back into the Pentateuch. Let's go back to the beginning, if you will. Let's talk about all of these types and all of these shadows that are in the Old Testament. And I'm going to take them out one by one and I'm going to show you how they lead you to Jesus. And so he, he runs them back quickly into the Old Testament and he says, let's stop right here. Now, now this is our starting point right here, okay? And I'm going to take you through this very quickly. But as you go through this, I'm taking you somewhere. And the more I give to you, the more I, I, I reveal to you, the more I lay out to you, I'm taking you to Jesus. And you're going to understand all of this more and better than you ever have. And he, he sort of... Uh, puts the, the, the confirmation of all this on this moment when he takes bread and he breaks it. And suddenly they make an identification. Jesus, broken for man. 
and they see that it's him, the Savior. And they're, they're, they have this amazing revelation. And the, the, the more amazing thing even is that at that moment, he, in, in his presence, in his body, disappears. So all they have is this type, if you will, of this broken bread sitting there on the table. What, I, what am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to say to you that Jesus is the hero of Scripture. All right? That's where we want to land. That's sort of the big idea for us, is that, that Jesus is the hero of Scripture. And Scripture is about Jesus. All right? So all of Scripture is about Jesus. I know that in the Old Testament, there is a story about Moses. I know there is a story about Jacob. I know there is a story about Isaac. I know there is a story about Ruth. I know there is a story about Esther. I know that there are stories about the judges and the prophets. But all of those stories are about the story. And that story is Jesus. And so all of Scripture brings us to Jesus. So we want very much to hear what the Scripture has to say about itself. So, so when we want the validity of the Scripture, when we want the affirmation of the confirmation of Jesus as the Son of God, we don't go to the world to ask them to show us the way. We go to the Scripture. And it is the Scripture that speaks of the Scripture. It is the Scripture that speaks of the Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh to dwell among men. But He is that Word. He is that truth. And Scripture, all of Scripture, speaks to that truth, to that reality of Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And so the Bible, if you will, is a history. It's the history of the acts of God. It's God working among men. It tells us all of these stories, but all of these stories are telling us the story of salvation. Now, take your Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles with you this morning. Take your Bibles and let's just turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, and I just, I just want to read a, a couple of verses there, if you will, two or three. Let's look at verse 10, all right? So we're saying that the Bible is the history of God, the acts of God among men. It is the telling of the story of salvation. All of these stories are the telling of this story of salvation. Now, verse 10 starts out concerning this salvation, all right? This New Testament experience that we have through Jesus Christ, all right? He says, concerning this salvation, the prophets... All right, now the prophets are out there in the Old Testament, in the, in the, in the Pentateuch, and, and, and up to the time of Christ, if you will. Okay? So, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied gave the revelation, gave the, the, the understanding to us, if you will, about the grace that was to be yours, searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that now have been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. You need to understand something. When those prophets prophesied, when the Holy Spirit came upon them in the era of the Old Testament, 
and they receive divine revelation and understanding from Almighty God. They begin to speak. The prophets were men whom the Holy Spirit came upon, and they proposed to speak for God. Which, by the way, in that day, if it wasn't God, they got stoned. So if any of you are claiming to be prophets or prophetesses, just be mindful of that, okay? It's a dangerous thing to propose to speak on behalf of God. But they were given this revelation, given this understanding, and so they spoke into the lives of the people, the Israelites of the Old Testament. And and various prophets rose and and came on the forefront at various times in the history of Israel, at at very great events and, and situations and circumstances, if you will. And each time the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke prophetically on the behalf of God, it had an impact on Israel. It had a a definite, there was a definite shift, a definite change each time in the life of Israel. Now we're talking corporately speaking, but also in the lives of certain individuals like a king. But here's the thing. According to this passage here, these things happened not only for them, back there, but they happened for you here now. Everything spoken in the annals of the Old Testament were spoken for you and I. And from there, we draw this greater understanding, this greater depth of revelation about the Lord Jesus Christ. So all this revelation of of 1 Peter, uh, look look at, at, at verse 12 there. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. All right? So all of this revelation, all of these things, is in order that we have the revealed sense of Jesus Christ. And I'm I'm talking specifically revelation. I'm not talking speculation. I'm not talking about ideas of human origin. Okay? I'm talking about a revelation that comes to you from God. All of these things that we will begin to extract from out of the Scriptures that we're going to share with you over the next many Sundays, and I think some of them are just going to just like wow you. You know, when when you start to see how far back this understanding and this revelation goes, and God is already trying to bring it forth. There's a passage in Isaiah that says that His hands will be pierced. His feet will be pierced, meaning that of Christ. Foretelling, the foretelling of Christ. Do you need to understand that this is hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of years before any evil, crazy person ever came up with the idea of crucifixion? It's prophesied in the Old Testament. And when you look at that and realize that that prophetic word came before there was ever even the, the, the concept of crucifixion, We're going to extract things out of here and show you how that God was trying to help you and I to see something. And as we unpack it, you're going to begin to see more and more clearly the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for you and I and for this world. And so, if you want speculation, you can go out there into the world. You can can go out there and talk to a sociologist or a a, a psychologist or a a, a good academic person in some field of history or science. 
They can give you all kinds of speculation. But that's not our job. That's not our role. That's not what we're here for. In the next few Sundays, we're going to give you revelation. All right? We're going to give you revelation that is is bathed in and comes out of prophecy. That That is clearly out of Scripture and nothing else. We're not bringing other things into it. If we give you any history, it's only going to be very factual, confirmed history that will confirm what we are saying to you is the truth. But I want to ask you to come along in this. This is what this message is about today. It's about asking you to join us in these next weeks. To to really uh, get your heart ready and get your heart excited to go back and delve into the Old Testament. Here's what I find with many, many believers, and that is that, that, that you're New Testament people. You know? You're NT guys. I'm an old T guy. I, I, I like the Old Testament a lot. But I like prophecy and I like history. And so I enjoy that. But a lot of you, you're NT people, and I understand that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you only live in the New Testament, you're going to miss so much of the richness of what God has for you. And it's going to build your faith unbelievably as you go along here. So I really want to, I want to just draw you into this. I want to hook you into this today to say, you know what, I can't wait till next Sunday. And not because it's Dave or Bill or whoever, all right? But because it is... Old Testament revelation coming alive and showing me how I can see this, this, this message, this story, all right, if you this rescue story of this great hero Jesus all the way back in those days. So I really, I really hope that you will come with me in this, all right? Now, let me talk to you for a few minutes and kind of get you prepared for what begins next Sunday. All right, I want to talk to you about this idea of types and shadows. I want to define it a little bit and explain it a little bit to you. So if you'll give me a few minutes here, let me just take you through this. And and keep your Bible, because I'm going to have you look at several different passages, because I I, I want to make a defense for type and shadows here for a few minutes, all right? So that that you know that that your pastors haven't gone off on the loony end of of this thing here, and that we're we're still grounded and we're still right in, in the Word of God, okay? A type, when we use this word type, all right, let me give you a definition. It is a divinely purposed illustration of some truth, all right? It's a divinely purposed illustration of some truth. Now, that can be a person. That can be an event in history. It can be a thing, an object, if you will. It can be an institution of some type. It can be a ceremony. All of these can be types, all right? And, and the types that we are talking about occur most frequently in the Pentateuch uh, and, and among the prophets, if you will, all right? They, they, are, they are found elsewhere in the Scriptures, but a bit more sparingly, all right? You, don't just, you, you can't just go and, and find them. If you get in the Pentateuch, you're going to stumble over them. You know, they're just going to be there. They're going to be like boulders, and you're just going to stumble over them, all right? So, the, the, the anti-type now, all right, that, that is the, the, the fulfillment of the type. You know, what you see in the Old Testament, all right? The, the anti-type, the fulfillment, we're going to find in the New Testament, all right? So, we're going to be able to make that correlation, and that's a very important thing for you to understand, all right? We're not going to have you and I going through the Old Testament and just picking out something and say, oh, that's... 
that's a shadow of something. I'm not sure what yet, but I'm, I'll figure it out. And you create something out there. No, there's, there has to be a t- uh, an antitype, all right? So if there's a type over here in the Old Testament, we're going to take you to the antitype, all right? So if we're going to come over here and say, look at Adam. Adam was the first Christ. Then we've got to take you over here to Jesus and say Jesus is, is the fullness of that type that we saw over in the Old Testament. Okay, so we're always going to be, be moving you back and forth between the two, all right? Now, you, God uses all kinds of types, all right? And, and sometimes he plays numbers into things and patterns and shadows, if you will. And, and, and these are all kind of like standard symbols that God uses along the way. But he is always foretelling truth, all right? So if we give you a type, we're going to give you a truth. And if you see a type and recognize a type in the Old Testament, you should be able to find the truth in the New Testament. And that truth should verify that beginning or that shadow or that imagery of that truth in the Old Testament, all right? So what, what we're going to try to get you to understand that is along with the, the, the written prophecies, all right, these, the, the Word of God, all right, we're, we're, going to, we're going to bind the Old and the New Testaments together um, and we're going to help you to see that there's this golden thread called Hero Jesus all the way through every aspect of Scripture. Now, this is going to be fun to do, all right? So, we've got to be careful now. We've got to be careful to recognize what makes something a true type. All right? So, that's, what, that's where we're going to go. We're going to go with true types, all right? They're usually found in the Old Testament. They find their fulfillment in the New Testament. And it is in the person of Jesus Christ. That's why we're doing this in this series centered. In other words, centered on Jesus. All right? So we're always going to bring Jesus out in this. All right? So, so we need to be careful that we, we study this through and that the scriptures that you're being given, they're going to affirm a, a type by, by bringing you to the antitype. All right? And there are a lot of different examples and patterns and forms for all of this. But all of this serves to bring forth, all right, the message of God. All right? So these are God's way of speaking to us. And that's what I want you to understand is that through the types that we discover in the Old Testament, and when we, when we bring them and bind them with the antitype in the New Testament, then God has spoken. All right? And it's been confirmed there. And I, and, I, and I love that. Now, let me, let me just give you just a few examples of what we're talking about here. Some of these we will go into further detail as we do the, 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 the rest of the series throughout the rest of this year, okay? All right, here, here's some examples. A type can be a person, okay? I just love seeing a lot of you taking notes. This is absolutely wonderful. Because I think this is something that's just going to really help you with your Bible study. And it's going to make the Old Testament really exciting and come alive to you uh, as you get into this. All right? It could be a person like, I, I use the example of Adam. All right? So it could be Adam. Uh, Melchizedek is another example in the Old Testament of a type. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, King David. All right? Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 5, verse 14. If you don't have a Bible, there's some in the back, and he's going to have it up here on, on the screen, all right? Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come, all right? So Adam is that type of 
the one that is to come, which ultimately is Jesus. See? All right? So th- these are the kind of things we're going to bring out to you, and we're going to show you that from Genesis right on through. Okay? All right. Um, a type could be an event. All right? Um, events would be things like um, the preservation of Noah and his family. All right? That would be an event that could be a type. Redemption of Israel out of Egypt would be a, a type, if you will, okay? Uh, now, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, all right? Now, these things happened to them as an example, all right? But they were written down for our instruction. Some translations will say our admonition. We are admonished or we're instructed through these things, all right? On whom the end of the ages has come, all right? So the things that happened have great purpose. It wasn't just, Israel didn't just randomly bump into things along the way. God had intent and purpose in the things that were going on and the things that were were events in the life of Israel. And those things foreshadow Christ and the redemption that he has for us. All right? So we we look at these and we take them as examples that are for you and I today. And so this is why it's important for you to go back into the Old Testament so that you begin to understand more of the revelation and teaching of God. There's plenty in the New Testament. I understand that. But there's such great richness in these teachings in the Old Testament. And when you begin to understand them in that context and bring them up and let Jesus smack those and the imprint of Jesus, you begin to see it. So you turn it on either side and you begin to see it. If you turn it on the side of the New Testament, oh, there's Jesus right there. It's all over it. You turn it on the Old Testament side and it's like, wow, that looks a lot like Jesus. Because uh-huh. it is. You know, that's the beauty of it, is you're seeing this, this shadow, if you will, uh, this imagery of Jesus, all right? So it can be different events that have happened and there for us to learn from and to be admonished by. The third thing is a thing. <laughs> it, it, it's an item. Uh, it's an object, if you will. These can be types in the Old Testament. Some of those would be the tabernacle, uh, the, the labor, the, the lamb that is sacrificed. All right. Uh, it could be a city like Jordan uh, as, as a city. Okay. Um, now let's look at Hebrews chapter ten and uh, look at verse nineteen and, and twenty. <laughs> That's okay. I could uh, find it and read it. All right. Let's turn in our in our in our Bibles. All right, to Hebrews chapter ten. Find verse nineteen. Therefore, brothers. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, and notice the description here of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Now, we know that the curtain is speaking of the veil in the Old Testament. And it was impossible for a common Israelite to go through that veil on the other side in the holy of holy place where the presence of God was. But what Jesus has done is he has become that veil. And when he died on the cross, that veil in the temple was literally ripped apart, ripped in two. Jesus became that veil. That that veil is a type. Jesus is the antitype, the fulfillment of that opening so that all can access forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Amazing, amazing stuff. 
All right? So this is, what, this is the kind of stuff that we're going to be finding out. So, so Jesus can actually be symbolized or, or looked at in a thing, if you will. All right? Another is an institution. All right? By that, we, we mean like something that has been instituted by God in the Old Testament, such as animal sacrifice or the, the priesthood of Melchizedek or David's kingdom, David's reign uh, in, 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 in the kingdom there. Uh, let me take you to Hebrews chapter 9. So you're going you're gonna to just back up one chapter. Chapter 9 and look at verse 11 and 12. When Christ appeared as a high priest all right, of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, all right, the greater, more perfect tent in the New Testament. Not the tent made with hands that is of this creation, the tent of the Old Testament. But now, Christ has appeared. He is the high priest of the good things to come, if you will. Next verse. He entered once for all into the holy place, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. This is an amazing, amazing story because everybody had to bring their goats and their cattle and their doves and their pigeons and their whatever to make their different sacrifices. And there was this constant killing, slaughtering going on, this blood sacrifice, if you will, in the Old Testament, in the the temple yard. And that was constantly happening because it was never enough. You could never fully atone in the Old Testament. But that is all a type, that, that sacrifice, that shedding of that blood, all of that happening there in the Old Testament. But it leads you to the shedding once and for all of Jesus' blood on the cross of Calvary so that no one will ever have to shed blood again. What an amazing, amazing and what God has done for us. So we see these institutions, if you will, being brought out. One last one is, is that, that we might talk about in the next many Sundays would be that of a ceremony. A ceremony can be a type, all right? By that, I mean uh, such, such as, as uh, appointments to service for God, all right? Um, so let me take you to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to look at verse 7 there. We'll, we'll go back into some of these passages and elaborate on them a whole lot more. I'm just trying to give you a, a, a good, solid basis here uh, for us going into to this types and shadows. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. All right, I love that. We're all new lumps. Okay. <laughs> As you really are unleavened. For, and this is the key here. All right, see. For Christ, all right, Christ, New Testament, is... Our Passover lamb, Old Testament. All right? So Christ is being referred to. So we go back to the Old Testament and we study the Passover. We study the lamb of the Passover. We study the sacrifice of the lamb of the Passover. And when we begin to study these things, we begin to understand the greatness and the vastness of what God has done through Jesus Christ. And we begin to have a much greater appreciation and love for Jesus because of what he did in his sacrifice for our sins, all right? So these, these are the kinds of things. There, there, there are many more. You know, the leaven in this particular passage is a type and a symbol of sin. And you see that talked about in the New Testament on several occasions. There's reference to that within the New Testament several different times. And, 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 and these scriptures that I've been giving you are all New Testament stuff, folks. These are, these are all passages that, that push us 
back into the Old Testament. And I think, sometimes I think maybe Paul and, and, and others, other writers knew that. They knew they had to sort of push us. You know, they had to, to get us back there. And, you know, go back and look at it. Go back and read it. You know, we, we love this great new message of grace and mercy in, in the New Testament. But I don't know if we all fully grasp the magnitude of what has been done for us. And so that's our goal, is to exalt Jesus up here, even greater. We want, at the end of this, Jesus should be so much bigger and better than he has been for any of us, all right? So that's, that's where we're going. Let me talk to you just a moment about a shadow, all right? This is a term you're going to hear as well, the term shadow, all right? Um, I, I'm going to quote from, from Barclay. Uh, it says, in the letter to the Colossians... Paul noted that many of the institutions and commands that were revealed under the law of Moses back in the Old Testament, they were things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but they are the substance that belongs to Christ. All right? So there's there's this sort of vapor sense to it. There's this sort of airy, shadowy, silhouetted uh, uh, imagery of these things in the Old Testament. They're very real. They're very, very real, and they're, they're very pertinent, and, 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 and they're very much a part of the life of Israel. But they, they don't quite cut it. You know, they just don't quite make it. And so we get over here, and God brings Jesus on the scene, and Jesus is the fulfillment. He's the wholeness. He's the, the fullness, the perfection of all of this in the New Testament. And so now we see it clearly. In, in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to, to see this, this reflection, this, um, one writer calls it a phantom. Another writer calls it a silhouette. Uh, another says it's a, it's a likeness. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a, a slight copy, if you will. But the, 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 the definitive uh, piece of work is in the New Testament. So I, I want us to see these glimpses. I want us to look at these shadows. I want us to look at these outlines, these patterns, these reproductions, all through the Old Testament, knowing that we don't stay there. Okay, you don't stay there. And you, can't, you can't live your salvation out of the Old Testament alone. Okay, you've got to get into the New Testament to do that. You know? So that's what we want to do. We want to show you how it starts. We want to show you how it was in God's heart all along. All right? it was, this was never not in God's heart to redeem you. And we want to show you that and bring you to that in the fullness in, in, in the New Testament. All right? Is this making sense to you? Are you following what, what I'm trying to say here? Um, if, you've, if you've got a type or a shadow in your mind and you, you, you've just been thinking about it the whole time I've been up here talking this morning, you know, let David or I know. I mean, we've, we've got a list of things we would like to bring to you, but we're, we certainly uh, are not opposed to looking at something that is on some of your hearts and, and your, your type or shadow may be on the list already. Uh, in all likelihood, it could be. But if there's something you, you're thinking, oh, I really want you guys to tackle the tabernacle. Don't worry, we will. That's one of them. Uh, I love the tabernacle and all of that, you know. Uh, so that's something that, that, that we're, we, we definitely want to, to touch on that one. Uh, but maybe there's, there's one that you want. This word type is from a Greek word. It's tupos, T-U-P-O-S. It, it, it really denotes a blow, all right? By that, I mean like that, you know. 
But, but sometimes when, when there's a blow, you know, like someone gets hit hard. I won't use you for an illustration today, okay? All right. But, but when someone gets hit hard, you know, not only is there a blow, but there's sort of like a mark. A mark gets left, all right? And sometimes that mark doesn't go away, all right? So that's what a type is. It's a mark. It's like God comes along and puts his mark on Israel. But the intent is that that is not the final blow. That is not the final piece. It is Jesus, all right? And the beauty is that Jesus, when he comes along, he removes the necessity for the mark to remain. All right? It's good to see it. It's good to recall. It's good to remember. But the understanding is that Jesus is the more perfect way. Jesus is the better way, if you will, all right? So, uh, even though it was necessary for copies of things, all right, Jesus is that better way, all right? So, let me talk to you for just a moment about finding types, all right? Because I know some of you are going to go get in your Bible and you're just going to start looking around for stuff, you know? And some of you are going to get on the Internet. And, oh, my goodness, when, you st- when it comes to types and shadows, the Internet is just the worst place in the world to find yourself, all right? There's a type and a shadow for everything, you know? Oh, oh, my goodness. So I just, I just want, to, I want to encourage you, be careful, all right? Just be careful. But, but let's talk for a moment about finding types, all right? Because what we want to do with you over the next many weeks is we want to go through the Bible and we want to find types and shadows in the Old Testament. Um, but as we do that, you know, where, where, where we go, we want to also find the corresponding spiritual reality in the New Testament. All right? And in all likelihood, that's going to take you to Jesus. All right? So we want to be very upfront about that. All right? So how, how does one find a type or a shadow in the Old Testament? All right? Uh, well, first of all, there must be evidence that the type was designed or appointed by God. All right? So just because something is mentioned in the Old Testament doesn't make it a type. You know? like people who, are, who claim to be quite prophetic. You know, have, you, have you ever ridden around with someone who's real prophetic? Now, I don't mean real in the sense of authentically prophetic. I mean real in the sense of just all the time they're prophetic. You know, everything. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. I was riding with this guy one day. This is true. I was riding with this guy one day, and he, he saw, it, was a, uh, it wasn't here in, in Sioux Falls. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a, a bread truck. It was a bread truck driver. He started prophesying about feeding people and what, what was going to, how we were going to go feed all these people bread and, and, that, and Jesus was the bread of life. And, and he just, you know, for, for probably five minutes, he's just expounding on this, this prophecy, you know. And, and I'm, I'm like, do you do, you do that with, with every truck that comes by? And he goes, well, you know, God really does speak to me through uh, a lot of things. And he has notebooks and notebooks of things he's written, um, many of them long forgotten. And I'm like, dude, how about you just pick out the top three and just run with them? You know, you're spending hours upon hours upon hours of time journaling all these things that that you're talking about that, that is being spoken to you. And, you know, I, I get it. Jesus is the bread of life. We don't, we don't want to miss that, all right? But, but we're going, before we wait for a truck to drive by, we're going to go into the scriptures, 
And we're going to understand it based on Scripture. All right? Not on, not on something that just happens along or comes our way. All right? And, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to uh, point fingers at people here. I'm just saying we can get off. The enemy will get you off on something here if you're not careful. And I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to be in that place where you're off chasing rabbits somewhere uh, and, and, and going in, in, into crazy stuff, all right? But, but if you find a type or a shadow uh, in the Old Testament, there's going to be evidence that that type was designed and appointed by God and that it's going to represent something typified in the New Testament. If it's a type and a shadow, then there's a reality. If there isn't a reality, it's not a type and a shadow, all right? So you need to be able to, to, to go and find that, that anti-type, that, that reality within the New Testament, all right? So the, the, the former uh, must not only resemble the, the latter, if you will, but it must have been so designed, all right, by God that, that there is, is not only something that, that is, is in the Old Testament there, all right, but that there is something very figured in the New Testament, all right? So it's prefigured over here, and it has, it has sense to it, and it has, it has the look and the feel to it, but it's, it's literally figured like Jesus over here in the New Testament. So that's our criteria, all right? As we go through this, that's going to be the criteria that, that we have, all right? So, so, um, so I don't want you going through the Scriptures and go, oh, oh, that would that'd be a good type. Let's see what we can do with that and try to make up something, all right? No, 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 don't, don't do that, all right? Let's, let's find it and let's verify it from the New Testament as well. And then it'll be a true type or a true shadow, okay? So what is the value in this for us? Paul says to us in the book of Romans, chapter 15, I, I think it's about verse 4, that what was written aforetime, that what was written before us, all right, was written for our learning, for our learning. I want very much over the next few weeks that there is some real teaching that is happening in our hearts as we go into these types and shadows. We're not doing this to entertain you, all right? Types and shadows can be wonderful because they, they just put you in that place of the mystery of God. I love that song we sang today. There are things that are hidden. And it is up to, to the kings of the earth to find them. You know, it is yours and I, my responsibility to search these things out, all right? to try to find them within the scriptures. And, and, and there's been lots of other people that have come over the years, over history, who have written wonderful, wonderful uh, books and commentaries about various types and, and shadows. All right? So it's really good for us to learn. We learn a lot through the types and the shadows. And there are many examples and situations in the Old Testament. And they were, they were meant to teach you and I lessons. First Corinthians talks about this. We're, we're meant to take the Old Testament and learn from it and use it and grow out of it, okay? And so we want to very much gain an appreciation for the Old Testament during this part of the series, all right? I want you to, I want you to lead this part of the series at the end of this year really loving some Old Testament books, you know, that you're just really, really enjoying them. And I, I'm hoping that we're going to, the Lord is going to let us go into some, maybe some of those Old Testament materials into the new year and that we can really just, just unpack some Old Testament book in, in the new year. I think that would be just a fabulous thing for us to, to do, all right? 
So I, I want you to understand that, that the very fact that God took the time and the trouble from eternity to set up such previews, all right? This is like, this is like when you sit in the theater and it says, announcing coming attractions, all right? And it gives you this little blurb, all right? You get this little, little trailer, if you will, and you get to see just a little bit. You don't get to see the whole movie. You don't get to see the whole thing. But you get to see just enough of it to kind of catch the gist of it and to whet your appetite, all right? So these types and shadows, these are the things, these are the attractions that are coming, all right? And so we're going to go and we're going to get these glimpses and open them up and we're going to find them through, through the work of Christ in, in, in the New Testament, all right? And so, but the very fact that God would do this, all right, it, it tells me, it, it, it should tell you, all right, that there is much spiritual richness in the Old Testament that you and I need to gain. All right? So that's it. I, I really want to just challenge you that you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart over the coming weeks and that you get into the Old Testament with us and you really, really start to enjoy the revelation that is there All right, as we go through the types and the shadows. All right? So you with me? Let's go and let's, let's do this journey together.